Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we pretty much cover every educational topic, and we can't get enough of hearing from you about what you want us to talk about. So today, it's it's kind of that important topic as we head into that Thanksgiving holiday. Kids have been in school, horses have been out, being in road, all those kind of things, but people are kind of kind of getting tired. And so now what? As we touch on that balance of life and work and all those things that keep us energetic and keep us passionate about what we're doing. So Maya, how are you doing out there? Well, I'm doing well, but so, so busy. I'm kind of ready for someone to turn me out to pasture for a little while so I can take a break. Yeah, I, I hear that turn you out to pasture thing. That That's like a perfect analogy. Uh, I, I hear that. It's even it's it's not even about just a break. It's sometimes the break doesn't even provide that that recharge in some in some ways so that really getting to that balance of how do we recharge is 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 so important and and we were faced with all sorts of things as as we as we visited before the the show started just recently the the denver school system denver public school system the largest school system in this area but in 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 colorado for sure they canceled school the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, and granted, they only canceled a couple days, but they canceled those couple days and they put it out there that they were doing it for the mental health of their staff. Uh, staff is uh, facing shortages of staff, but we're also facing shortages of substitutes and kids are stressed and teachers are stressed. And so I thought that was a really interesting approach um, and a quick approach to maybe do a little something for staff. So Maya, in your experience, because we we bring a different perspective on it, on on different experiences we came through the education system. What are some things that you've seen or maybe you're seeing right now that actually maybe help teachers with that work-life balance? Let's 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 start from the school perspective. What are some things school can do or that school community can do? I think that one thing is that culture of work when you're working and take a break, right? I think that a lot of times we feel like we have to go, 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 go with our work. And so that, you know, when we're at work, we're working as hard as we can. When we go home in the evening, we're working as hard as we can, right? And we're, even when you're taking a break, so thinking about, you know, going into the Thanksgiving break and you're like, yes, I have three days to catch up on all my grading, you know, and that's a cultural thing that we establish in schools that, you know, you, you should always be working and maybe it's just bigger than that. It's an American thing, but it is present in schools. And so if we could shift that culture a little bit, that it's okay to take a break, it's okay to not be working, right? And to to put your own hobbies or preferences or, you know, things that you enjoy as an educator before grading those papers, because, you know, we just, we get so fatigued working all the time. And I think that there's things we can do like in our buildings to help make those 
you know, breaks that we have, if it's, you know, having some kind of social component to a meeting or, you know, so that you build a culture that is more humanistic instead of just work, work, work all the time. And I don't know, that's kind of my first thing that comes to mind is a shift in culture. So what are you thinking about, James? You know, Maya, when you said that culture piece, I, I think that that's such an important important concept that involves not only the school, but involves the community, involves, the, we, we have a definite opinion of teachers and the education system in this, in, in our country, and it, it's not always positive. And so there is that stereotype, if you will. And when, and when you talked about grading papers, that kind of made me smile because we think about that idea of grading papers. And even if I'm like, I'm going to take the next couple of days and just do what I need to do, um, recharge in the back of my mind, I know that grading papers is still waiting there for me or grading the project or grading those things. And so I, I think maybe this, the COVID switch will impact this. Hopefully the value of those graded papers the value of what is the work we're putting in front of students? What is the work we're putting in front of students to accomplish? And what does it take to assess, evaluate, you know, look at that? Because when we really think about it, the hardest part about this is when we give that graded, however it's graded, work back to our students, to our parents, how much how valuable is it to them? We think about the little kid getting their first spelling test and putting it on the refrigerator, and that's the value. So that's the value of your health. That's the value of your relationships. That's the value of your time is that this graded thing gets put on a refrigerator. And then as they move through elementary into high school and middle school, what does that look like? I mean, I, I I don't know about you, but I don't think too many of my projects get hung up on the on the refrigerator. Some of them get shared out, and that's a pretty cool thing. But at the college level, most kids aren't sending their their quizzes or tests home. So how do we create that balance in in what's how do we help students learn and assess them? And which is a whole different topic. But on the same note, that's contributing to this unhealthy balance that we feel like we, we we're checking the box for parents, for teachers, for somebody else. And so I, that's got me like my horse all like bucking and, and, and trotting all over. What do you, what are your thoughts on that, Maya? I totally agree with you. When you said checking the box, I was like, yeah, because I feel like, you know, the older learners get that it's more of a check the box, right? Where it should be moving completely the other direction. And, you know, I think about some of my students and they're like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get an A? And that's like the only option, right? It's A or nothing. And, you know, how do I get through this? What exactly do you want? And all of that drives the learning away from that authentic application, which as educators, we're hoping that they're getting out of their learning experience. So there's a huge, you know, dichotomy there with the grade versus the learning. And 
yeah, I think I think this is a deeper conversation that we maybe should come back to. But I think that derives this culture of, you know, work, 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 right? Whether you're the learner trying to get through all of this stuff to fill up your grade book to have the GPA you're after, or if it's, you know, the teacher trying to keep up with creating those experiences that are tracked by all of those grades that we we feel we have to have as currency, you know, for for the learning. And the reality is, whatever that grade is, it doesn't necessarily represent the learning experience or I think more importantly, the intent of that learning to be able to be used in an authentic space. So I think that, yeah, I mean, my mind just went, yeah, I'm bucking right there with your horse, I think, as far as trying to figure out that that idea, because, yeah, I don't think we're doing a good job with that. And it is contributing to that stress. Well, that means we're probably going to have to get some blinders on our horses right now, because otherwise they're running all over the prairie. And, and we're coming up with ideas for conversations and people who we possibly need to have join our conversations. But on this conversation, let's let's get us back to, so how do we get, what, what are some things today, right now, maybe we can do to help create that work-life balance? And, and one of those pieces that I, unfortunately, causes stress to some teachers should be helping us. And that's, that's technology. And technology should be streamlining this process for us for some of those maybe check-in type grades or maybe check-off type grades uh, to to make that process quicker, easier, all all of those those pieces. And and it is a struggle. And and I know that I mean firsthand account teachers will have students submit work electronically, then print it off so they can write on it. Teachers will have students submitting work and then they're going back and taking that work and taking, you know, after they've done all the, the, the good stuff of really giving some good feedback, then there, there's another extra step of going back in and grading those things and adding that. Instead of letting technology truly create some avenues for us, whether it's some simple auto grading things or uh, only using technology when it actually helps the project or helps assist in the learning, not assist in the in the testing or those things, but assist in learning because we have a lot of teachers that are using technology that add to their stress because the student could have just as easily wrote their answer on on a piece of paper, but we made them type it and make a PowerPoint and all this and somehow that shows more. So allowing teachers to balance this is a project that technology can help a the teacher and the student um along their way it doesn't create more work in that sense for for the teacher on their end we need to look at those things then there's these other projects that learning takes place right there uh simple example i had students playing battleships today on paper and they loved it uh it could have been a much more complicated and created a lot more work but it was a great activity to talk about access points and programming and all those kind of things. But really stepping back and saying, don't use technology just to use it. Use it when it has 
a purpose. And I know technology is right down your right down your avenue, Maya. What how, what do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I I use the phrase added value with my students and you know, a lot of learning to integrate technology is learning how to make decisions about the learning objectives and the processes and tasks that you want your students to engage in. And I think one space that teachers can create for students is where they can choose. So, you know, like your activity, you had a pretty guided activity, right? They, and so everyone was using the same materials. There's sometimes there's times when they're working on representing their learning and the teacher gives them one way, but maybe there could be three or four ways. And so then that takes the the stress off the teacher in the sense of I have to have, you know, like you said, the type document and the PowerPoint and the this and the that. If you have a a content-based expectation and students have opportunity to choose the way that they're going to represent that learning. It's a shift in the dynamic and the power structure of the lesson, but it allows for students to engage in ways that they're comfortable with in terms of with technology, without technology. And then the teacher isn't really concerned with the tech. They're concerned with you know, the the fundamental learning that took place, right? Are they representing the knowledge that I hoped they could? So, you know, it's a it's a shift in the mindset of integration, but that space where you have a little more freedom on the student end to choose can open a lot of opportunities and take some some stress of of teaching technology from the teacher point. So um I think that's you know one thing that is important to think about. And I think, too, thinking about, you know, how do you engage your students in the classroom? And it's not always with a bell and whistle, right? It doesn't need to be fancy to be effective. And I think sometimes teachers feel like they, you know, in that approach to like perform well in the classroom, they feel like they have to always take it up a notch. But sometimes being really simple with the learning activity is the best way to go. So being comfortable with making those decisions, I think is, you know, a learning space for teachers. And I always, you know, come back to that, does it offer added value to what you're trying to accomplish? And that's kind of the filter I, you know, promote using to to make those decisions of what you're going to do in the classroom. You know, I think that teachers are, they're really busy people and we don't need to be doing things that take a lot of time just to be doing things, you know, so using tech just for using tech is a bad idea. Well, and, and you bring up a ton of points in there too, that, that could be their own ride for sure. Uh, using tech for tech's sake is is unfortunate and and you see it a lot in schools and how do we truly assess learning what is learning what does learning look like not what does a multiple choice or test look like but what does learning look like i mean those are all different conversations but turning our, our direction a little bit what maybe what are some things we could do, other things we could do to help 
teachers right now. Um, what, and, and one of the things that I think we, we miss out on personally, we, we know that students want to see their teachers as human. They do not want to just see them as the robot in front of the room spilling out knowledge. And we know that. And those relationships become such a huge piece. But sometimes, and oftentimes, because of these other pieces, we've, we've lost the value of the relationships of the staff and, and the staff, including the, the paraprofessionals, the um, administrators, and, and other teachers, not just the content teachers that you are in a PLC with, but, but we lose the value of that and socializing and having working lunches, having um, staff dodgeball team against the students, those kind of things, just, just activities to do something different and enjoy. Potentially having staff get togethers that involve, you know, anybody who's got third period prep, we're going to walk, we're going to walk around the school and chit chat about who knows what doesn't have to be school, but we're just going to walk and talk because that exercise uh, has such a powerful impact on our brain. But having a conversation with somebody, knowing somebody else is in the in the trenches with us, helps us relieve that stress, those kind of things. Those are simple strategies that we could adopt in a pretty quick way that cost no money. It's a trade-off in your time and those pieces, but that trade-off is the value of that cannot be lost. So what what are some things that, or are there any things that you see, A, that you talk to teachers about, uh, future teachers, but is there anything at the college level that your staff does or or whatnot to try to to create that ah, that deep breath kind of moment. I don't know if it's quite the deep breath moment as far as like taking a break and feeling relaxed, but in terms of trying to come together and build unity. So you talked about, you know, someone else is in the trenches with you. Our director's really great. You know, our department meetings have been on zoom and they still have been even though you know we're back teaching face to face um but we play some kind of crazy game at the end of all of our faculty meetings and it's you know i don't know one of them that was pretty fun we all had to bring a clip of music from the very first concert that we went to and we shared that with you know the rest of the faculty so you're you're getting to know people on a different level, right? And it's bringing in that humanness of it. So I think just fundamentally, however you bring that into the space, it's being able to recognize your peers as humans, right? We're not just educators in this workspace, but that we we have feelings and we like things that we listen to or see or, you know, and it's, it's as simple as providing the opportunity for that to take place. And so it's not a big leadership thing. It's not, not even a big time thing. You just need to create an opportunity to have a human interaction in the busy time, you know, that we call work. So how would you, James, react thinking of that? So if that's something we're wanting to give more time towards, but we have a lot of schools that are understaffed. They're, you know, working really hard and they're asking teachers to fill in. They're filling in after school activities. 
I know you talked about like running the sports clock and stuff like that. And then people giving up their prep. Is that going on at your school? Yeah, Maya, we are in that situation where teachers have been given the opportunity to cover other teachers' classes and fill in for when we don't have substitutes in the in the building, as well as trying to, uh, you know, have them at activities after school. And y- you're right. I mean, it is, it's, it's a balance because I think teachers are so, they feel like they need to. It's what we need to do. It's, it's our, it's our sacrifice. But at some point, the sacrifice takes its toll and it impacts all those other other pieces. And, and it's funny because I was thinking about the lesson when you were talking about the games you play at the end of your meetings. And I was thinking about how staff at a at a staff meeting in a in a school is so interesting where you can do an activity and, you know, five of your staff love it, think it's the greatest thing ever. And then there's uh, a few of your staff that are like, you're wasting my time. I don't want to play any games. I don't want to do, just give me the information, get it out of here. And, and it brought me right back to what you'd said earlier about the classroom. Uh, so some of our staff meetings, some of our social pieces of those, maybe they have to be, we have to keep that in mind as we're building those as well, that here's the information. I'm going to put it out there and here's five ways uh, you can do it. You can do it in this small group conversation. You can do it in a game. You can do it this, but because teachers are uh, quickly like students, they become very like, oh, wow, here we go again. How do we not waste teachers' time getting involved, you know, emails to meetings to, is there a purpose to the email before it's sent to the meeting that we're having to all, all these kind of things. Uh, and is the learner, in this case, the teacher, needs taken into account so i know that this ride has we've the, the horses have been all over they're they're bucking and and then as we as we travel through the sagebrush here and and what an important topic and to, to, to kind of wrap this all up the, the biggest thing here is to all our teachers out there you have to take care of yourself the job is important we have one of the if not the most important job in all in all the jobs out there. But our number one job has to be to take care of ourselves, And we can't forget that. Because if you don't take care of the horses, nobody gets to go for a ride. So with that, we're going to wrap this ride up. Move them on. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on. Move them on. Head them up. Cowboy it on the ride. Move them on. Am I supposed to say it again? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. One more. T- Let's start over. <laughs> Just do it Wait, what am I supposed to say? Because every time I say we, it, I'm like, that's screwed, wrong. We screwed up the 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 ending. Move them on, head them up. Move them on, head them up. Oh, so I say head them up I, the first yeah, time. Yeah. Head okay. <laughs>